When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Here we go. It's the Copyright Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It is the curtain raiser for the new season. It is the Community Shield or the Charity Shield, depending on how old you are. Uh, I'm joined by LSE Day Trippers legend. I've got Sean Lawson with me, and I've, as usual, I've got my right hand man, is Mick Moran. Well, that rhymed. Nice one. Uh, how's it going, boys? Sean, how are we doing, mate? Welcome back. Right, mate. Thanks for having us on again, lads. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Always welcome, pal. Michael, how are you? Yeah, all good. Just thinking this is Sean's second time, so he's fast approaching that um, cop out uh, Patrick Ball that Ross got. Ross has got one from Redmen, so you're due one soon, lad. If you oh, sweet, yeah. sweet. Didn't know that now. Fucking, you can get me on next week as fuck as I want that now. So <laughs> you fly away, mate. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, mate, thanks very much for joining us. And do you know what, boys? I was uh, I was thinking about this last night. It's it's quite cool to talk about Charity Shield games again because, you know, we were doing, a, we were having a look back, weren't we? And over the last 30 years, this is our sixth Charity Shield game coming up. And it, it's madness to think that we don't regularly attend these games, you know what I mean, from a football club perspective. And uh, yeah, Sean, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Yeah, I suppose when you're in these games, it's a, it's sort of a sign of being successful, isn't it? Like it's, it's like a kind of privilege that you have to play in these games, similar to the World Cup, World Club Cup on a smaller scale. Um, even though last year we didn't win anything, but we played in it. But now it's nice to be representing like the Premier League champions in a charity shield for once and not going there as like the token FA Cup winner. So uh, this is sort of a new a new thing for us. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Always Good looking stuff. forward to seeing the Reds. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it's gonna be it's nice gonna be watching them at Wembley in the new kit and it's not sort of like you see where the team's gonna go and that sort of thing. But Mick, I just wanna look back at the the last thirty years of, of our history in the in the competition at the minute. Um, so obviously in '92 when we'd won the FA Cup, we played uh, the Champions Leeds um, and we got beat 4-3 uh, with a with an Eric Cantona hat trick in that game. And a lot of people won't won't remember that or never even heard of that game. So that was quite an interesting one. And then obviously coming to our age, uh, the first one we've got on the list is the 2001 against Manchester United. Uh, goals from McAllister after two minutes, uh, Michael Owen after uh, at 16 minutes, then Van Nistelrooy on 51. And our friend uh, Sander Vestivel getting man of the match. Um, what do you remember about that game, Mick? Uh, well, it was 2001, so I was t- 10 or 11. So I don't remember it greatly, but obviously I do remember the, the Gary Mathpen and the, the Owen where he, I think he skins, turns Gary Neville inside out, doesn't he, and then just slots it. But yeah, like, like Sean said, it's a, it's a byproduct. This is a byproduct of being successful. So it, 
these games do mean a lot to us, like the super, like when you went go in the Super Club Club World Cup Charity Shield. You want to accumulate these trophies, and it's just another one we can just tick on the box, and it's another another, another uh, trophy in the cabinet. But yeah, that game was yeah for, for me it was a bit blurry. I remember the um, 2006 one a bit better, but that's got a, a few uh, a few belter goals in that one. Yeah, I mean when we look at the the charity shield, we in, in 2001 we did count it as a trophy, didn't we? Because we won five trophies in the in the space of a couple of months, didn't we, Sean? And uh, you know, I'm sure if last year we'd have won the charity shield, we would have put it on the photographs, wouldn't we, again, uh, for this year. So, you know, it's definitely up there, mate, for, for something. You, if you're playing in these games, you want to win them, don't you, Sean? Yeah, sure. At the end of the day, when you win this game, you get a medal. You know what I mean? Did, did the players take a medal home? And City were driving around on a bus where they're saying four medal bullets of having the fucking charity seal up, even though they were going around like they were wearing bleeding Captain America costumes or something. It's, it's, it's one of them things... Uh, I think this year is different uh, with the charity shield because the way it's fallen, normally, like they say, like the court raiser, but like it's likely that we might play a couple of games after this before we, we kick off against Leeds. So it's with the way that the whole pandemic has panned out, uh, this game has a bit of a different field. Where, and I think we're in a good position because we've seen the other day the effect that had Salzburg against us when they were a week or two ahead of us in pre-season preparation. We're sort of in that wagon with Arsenal. So it's an opportunity here to, to kick on the season and kick off with silverware. Look, and look, winning these things becomes habitual. And at the end of the day, if that's a good habit, well, so be it. You know what I mean? It's it's great for some of these young lads as well to get experience and be around the team. Like, because this is as close to a Premier League game you're going to get until we actually kick off. So um, I, saw, I just listened to the press conference with Klopp there and he doesn't believe us anything as a friendly. So... This this is a big game. Wherever you look at it, like you said, at Wembley, no fans there, but you're still at Wembley. Like the play at Wembley should always be a privilege. And as as Mick said as well, it's a byproduct of being successful. So hopefully we can go out tomorrow and put on a performance and look just have something to show for it. Definitely, mate. And Mick Sean makes a good point there, where it's setting that precedent, isn't it? And like you mentioned earlier, Mick, about the the 2006 game when we played Chelsea and we beat them two one with goals from Risa and and Crouchy. Uh, Shevchenko had popped up with a goal on his uh, on his Chelsea debut. Remember at the time it was sort of like, well, are these going to be the two sides that sort of go for the league type thing? Because Chelsea were a formidable side back then and, and Liverpool were on the cusp of of something incredible and we were doing quite well in Europe. But, you know, it, as time goes by, you sort of look at those games and you're thinking, because like last year, it, it went to penalties, didn't it? And it was, that was sort of, yeah, one of these teams are going to win the league. And we knew that anyway, didn't we? Yeah, and it's like I, I think even Arsenal fans themselves know they're not in a, a a great place. Obviously, they won a trophy last year, and that's what what's got them to this this position. But Mikel Arteta done a good job towards the end of last season, and they they need a lot of improvements if they're going to even be challenging for the top three, top four next season. So, like Sean said, it's going to be a, it's going to be as close as to a Premier League game as it can be. Obviously, I think it's literally two weeks tomorrow till we play Leeds. So, I imagine we'll probably shove a few friendlies in, in, in the gap in between. But, no, I think in, in that... Sean just mentioned the club press conference as well. He was talking about Trent, who um, he says it's touch and go whether he's going to be involved. So, if he's not, it's a great opportunity for Nechel Williams to get a bit of a pretty much Premier League experience. And, like we said, we touched on the last podcast, a 19-year-old lad. So any game time he can get in the absence of Trent, who's uh, obviously number one right back, is, is is going to be great for his development. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Sean, with with Arsenal obviously playing in this game, we you know we've we've played Arsenal in the Charity Shield over the last uh, thirty years before where we we got we got beat um, in two thousand and two. Uh, if everyone remember the the dodgy black away kit we had back then, um, and it was I think sure it was one of El Juice's first first ever games, yeah, and you just think. That's why I always remember about being Juice yeah. debut. I think Reza played in the midfield that day. Something did, mad yeah. like that. But Arsenal do like this competition. You know, they have they've been quite regulars in it in the twenty in the twenty first century. So um, it's going to be an interesting game. And Arsenal have got this sort of being the bonnet that they beat Liverpool um, recently and thinking, oh yeah, it'll it'll be quite easy for them, or you know, it'll be a pushover again. But let's face it, the Liverpool side that went to the Emirates wasn't the side pre-COVID, was it? We we knew sort of knew that the league was wrapped up and then by the time we played Arsenal, the league was done. It's going to be a completely different game, isn't it? Yeah, well, even... Like, I think a lot has made of that performance at the Emirates and I think Arsenal get a little bit too much credit for that because if... Look at the game as a whole and outside of the context. We went 1-0 up there and it looked like we were going to steamroll them and batter them. And then there was two big mistakes from Virgil and Alisson, which... If you told me they were going to make two mistakes in the same game, I would have called you a lawyer. Like, you know what I mean? It was completely uncharacteristic of them. And then it was the thing of us trying to get back into the game. And I was kind of like, you know what? Air races run here. We're done. Like, that intensity wasn't there. And it's completely understandable. And in fairness, that was a platform for Arsenal to kick on and beat City then the following week. So every cloud and like that sort of like that. Um, yeah, it'll be completely different tomorrow. I think we'll be up for it and we'll be on it. Like even last season, the preseason was a disaster last year. I remember we were beaten by Sevilla, uh, beaten by Napoli, and everyone was starting to panic. Oh, why aren't we making signings? And then it was a game two halves then against City. Like we completely kicked on in the second half of that game and dominated them. And it was sort of like, look, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. That was kind of like a catalyst for the season. So in a way. Tomorrow can be similar to that. It's just the timing is a little bit odd because it's two weeks kind of from the start when it's normally just a week. Look, I think we'll be raring to go. And if Arsenal aren't on it tomorrow, they can get heavily beat. And that's just the truth because, look, we're out to make statements. And that, that's what champions do. Absolutely, mate. And one of the things about the Charity Shield that has always been great over the years is that you look at two teams that are going to line up. Obviously, we said about the fresh kit, fresh year. There's always like the new names that are going to start this game. And, Obviously, because of what's gone on over the past few months and COVID and stuff, I, neither side have made, you know, a sign and have they, have they mixed. So, it's basically going to be the same teams that, that played uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, pretty much. I think, obviously, like I touched on there, it's going to be Nathal Williams in place of Trent. Um, but I think it says a lot, the last two friendlies we've had, the only two friendlies we've had pre-season, is we've started with pretty much our strongest 11s in both. Apart from the first one where we had Curtis Jones in for Wine Alden, but the second one, it's pretty much full strength. So I think that says a lot in terms of Klopp. He's getting his, getting his, setting the stall out that that's what he's going to pretty much pick for the Arsenal game. And like you said, it's not going to be much changes apart from Necho in for Trent. I don't imagine Simakas is going to start here, Robertson, but he's on, he's on the bench if need be. And yeah, it's, it's usually just a midfield three. We don't know who's going to be picked. So obviously, I imagine it'd be Fab, Fab Cater and, um, and Genie in that middle three. Obviously, Henderson is still not out, and Klopp said all the lads who weren't involved in preseason won't be involved in in this game. So, um, and Virgil Van Dijk's fine, which is which is another good another another good uh, another good thing after that bloody gash he had on his face. Looked like uh, something fucking Terminator or something, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely right. He did. Um, Sean, in terms of the game itself, 
I mean, we, you know, you, you you look forward to the season now, and like you just said, there's going to be probably another couple of friendlies before we play Leeds. How would you sort of sum up the preparations for this game? Because the pre-season has been, you know, very minimal. Are you worried in terms of the start of the season? Because obviously, like you've touched on before, loads of people saying, oh, why haven't we signed anybody last year? And we went on to, to, to have a really fantastic season anyway. Yeah. I don't suppose you're worried, mate, just like me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not fussed about no, it. No, no, not at all. Like, the thing is, in this situation, we're not, we're not alone in this situation. Everybody's in the same boat. Like, Everyone is getting the same amount of preparation. If anything, we might actually have uh, an advantage going forward over the likes of City and United who had to go deeper in the Europa League. So they're a week out and you're seeing how that can mess you up. So we're probably the best prepared side coming into the new season of everybody because we kind of had those last six or seven games in the Premier League as well where it was wrapped up to just plan for next season and try new things. And we've seen... Court of Jones getting dotted about. We've seen Nico Williams getting a few games. So I think Klopp used that that little barometer at the end of the season very effectively because we only had like a two-week break. The lads are just on holiday and then they were right back in. So uh, if you kind of look at it as a continuation from Project Restart to kick on, I think we're in, we're in the best possible shape that we can be. Look, there's no real injury worries. And in terms of new signings, Look, we're not desperately in need of anybody at the moment. Like, if the, the season was to kick off tomorrow, we'd be in good shape and we'd still we'd still challenge on all fronts. We're probably arguably in better shape this year than we were last year, apart from the centre-back situation. So, no, I'm not worried at all. The window runs on till October the 6th. I think any issues in the squad will be addressed before then. So, there's absolutely no reason to panic. Look, everybody else be throwing cash around panic buying. We're in the oil position where we can just sit on top of the pitch and kind of see the lay of the land come the end of the window and pick up wherever we need. Look, if you don't trust the, 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 the process by now, then I'm afraid you never will. I think it's just lost on somebody to actually live in the moment and enjoy the football rather than get tangled up in all this transfer crap because I think the message is lost. We went there last year after signing basically Seb van der Berg Adrian and Harvey Elliott bringing them in who made hardly any appearances between them bar Adrian and we dominated the English Premier League so there's no reason to be worried look once Klopp is the gaffer we're in, we're in good hands Yeah it's a really good point you make there but what I want to do boys I want to play devil's advocate and I'm just going to throw it out there to you Mick Sean's made a fantastic point there about not being worried or anything like that when you look at Chelsea and the players that they're signing and they are adding really good players to their squad in terms of a squad depth perspective. Do you get sort of concerned about that by, yes, we made the Premier League our priority last season and it was evident and obviously we went on to win it. I think we all know that we could have gone a little bit deeper in the, into the Champions League by a couple of mistakes, but then the FA Cup and League Cup sort of was sacrificed a little bit as well. And do you reckon if with a little bit more added depth, we could challenge on all four fronts or do you reckon we can do that now? <clears throat> I think we can do it now, please. You talked about the Champions League. It was only a couple of Adrian errors that 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 let us go out, obviously. And you can't. Allison is is for me the best goalkeeper in the world. So you're not going to get a number two, in my opinion, any better than Adrian. So yeah. in that regard, I think we're fine. In terms of like squad depth, I think I think we're all right. Like I know, like I echo what Sean says. Pretty much people. People get a bit uh, too bogged down and wanting brand new shiny toys like we touched on in the last podcast and they want us to not be seen to be standing still or whatever. 
and it's it's not a measure of that. It's a if Klopp like like Sean said, if you if you if you don't trust the process now, you you're never gonna you're never gonna do it because this team when last season ninety nine points, we lost three games and drawn three, won thirty two, and we we lost we lost those three pretty much towards the end of the season. Bar bar what bar Watford, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like I understand. A lack of signs could could come across as a lack of progress, but it's not. Like Jimmy Van Alden could leave, he could leave, but and we could get Thiago in. Fair enough, that could happen. And if it does happen, fair enough. But th- this team are absolutely they're the best team I've seen in my lifetime. I've won eighty nine. We won the we won the league that year. We haven't won it since. And we've had so many good players, but this is the best team by an absolute mile. If we do, we don't do any business, then. Fair enough. We've got Ryan Brewster, who who looks like he might go out on loan or whatever. But he, he, if we keep him in the squad, he's going to be sound because he looks like a good player. Like I said before, Nicol Williams is going to come in. Uh, Harvey Elliott, like Sean touched on, we we signed. Uh, Curtis Jones, an upcoming scouser, nineteen years old. We've in in those three youngsters and plus Brewster, we we've we've got three three or four of the best young talents in in in, in the country. Yeah, definitely, mate. It, it's completely understated. Like, just just for example, like, look at the talk now of Messi going to City, and your talk. You said Chelsea have done good business, which they have. I think six or seven new players coming in. Manchester United are haggling over one potential deal. Like, the harmony in their squad is worth its weight in gold. Any one of those coaches would swap their current plans for what we have at the moment. Everyone knows the direction we're going in. If the talk of the deal that Barca are trying to put together with City for Messi, like that could do, don't get me wrong, in my opinion, Messi's the greatest player to ever play the game. But you're bringing a 33-year-old in at the expense of what you already have. And there's talk yeah. of Bernardo Silva, Gabi Jesus, Garcia, and 100 million. Like, it's a complete shake-up. It's a massive gamble. Nobody knows what that's going to do for the harmony of the squad. You're bringing a fella in who's basically ran the one of the biggest clubs uh, in world football for the last dec- decade and a half. You're bringing him in there and you're throwing him into the unknown. Lampard is relying on six or seven of his players gelling. Like they say, 50% of your signings work out. So that means three might, three, three will. So we have that settled and ha- harmonic, like the feeling amongst the group of players that we have. Any one of those coaches would swap what they're trying to do to have what we have and you can't buy that so that's invaluable so people just need to realise that going forward look I'm a massive fan of Thiago and if he comes in I do believe he is a game changer for us because he's different to anything that we have but if he doesn't I'm not going to be throwing my toys out of Pram crying like you know what I mean <laughs> this team will compete on all fronts again next year they just need to relax what we have is worth its weight in gold people need to realise that yeah and that it's perfectly summed up mate I, did, I, I honestly I hate it when we get to the transfer window because everyone just comes out of the woodwork, don't they? Where they just start, yeah. like like Mick said, everyone wants a shiny new toy. But at Leicester, boys, I'm so confident about uh, this season again. I think we can really challenge for this for this league title. And uh, I think again, it'll be between uh, Liverpool and City. Have you got any arguments to that, or do you just think it's going to be a two-horse race, or do you think there'll be an outside chance from Chelsea, or is it just a two-horse race again? Go on, Mick. I, I think it's just between us and City. I think it'll be. It'll be a lot closer than it was last year. What was it? I think it was it seventeen points. Was it eighteen points? The difference in the end. I imagine it's going to be closer than that because I think I imagine they'll 
If they sign Messi, like Sean said, that's a bit of a mad one because he's he is thirty three and he's he is the greatest player to ever kick a footy in ever. But he's thirty three. At the end of the day, he's coming. He's, he is winding down in terms of career, career wise. So yeah, it, it depends what what other business they do up until the transfer window ends. But I imagine they'll be a lot solider as a unit. Obviously, missing Laporte for a huge chunk of the season didn't help them at all, especially with the backup they've got with Otamendi and all that shit they've got. So I, th- I imagine they'll be a lot, lot better in that regard. Um, and I imagine it'll be a lot closer, like like we touched on there. It w- our squad, like Sean said, is harmonious and it's that cohesive that anyone would swap to be in our position. Because, And I imagine we will fight on all those fronts next season with, with the squad that we've got, even if they don't do any business. Sound. Right, boys, score predictions time for tomorrow. Are we going to go to penalties again, Sean, or do you reckon we're just going to batter them? I think it will be them 3-1. I think 3-1. I think we're a week ahead. We'll be that bit sharper. I think we actually have more of our force team 11 available to us than they do. And it's not a slight on Arsenal because I, I like what Arteta's doing there. I think they're, they're definitely a club that's going in the right direction. But I think they were fought nearly 40-odd points behind us last year. That gap hasn't closed marginally really, has it? Over, what, three or four weeks. So, no, I think we go out and we win tomorrow and Look, it's just another indicator that the machine will roll on next year. No matter who comes in or who goes out, the machine will keep rolling on. And I hope tomorrow is a statement. Yeah, good point. Mick, what are you going for? I'll go for 2-0. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's another, just one of those, getting your, getting your fitness up. But we, the boys will be raring to go in, in terms of this. And want to, like, like Sean said, make a statement going ahead of the season to, tomorrow. Hopefully score two or three past Arsenal, and then we've got two weeks to, to fit in a few more families before the season starts. But yeah, I'll go for I'll go for a, I'll go for a KG two 0 What about you, Jay? Where are you going? Um, I'm 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 expecting goals to be honest. Because every time I predict a clean sheet, we end up conceding. So uh, I'm just going to predict predict a, a, a three two. That's that's my prediction. And then hopefully we we keep a clean sheet on the uh, the old curtain curtain maze, and that'll that'll do me. Um. Well, we'll leave it there, gents. Sean, thank you very much for, for joining us once again. Uh, Lads, we'll thanks very much for having me on. Pleasure. We'll get you back on as soon as we can so we can get you your at-trick ball as well, mate. Yeah, sound, sound. <laughs> uh, as always, everybody, everybody who's watching, can you give us a like, a comment and a subscribe if you do not mind. Don't forget to check out LSE Day Trippers as well. They've got some amazing content as well. We love those boys over there and we can't wait for these restrictions to be lifted so me and Mick can go over there and have a beer with those boys. Um, yeah. Let us know what, what you thought, uh, what you think about the game, what you think about the uh, the scoreline. Let us know, and we will see you next time when hopefully Liverpool have won the Charity Shield. See you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.